Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MA4 Money Show, episode 69. In this show, we will review UFC 256 Figueredo vs. Moreno and preview UFC Vegas 17 Thompson vs. Neil. Yes, it's the last fight in the Apex before our break, and then we get to go to Fight Island where fights don't get canceled. So we already have one fight canceled on this massive 16 fight, now 15 fight card. And as much as I don't want more to get canceled, because then this makes this show and the DraftKings picks less evergreen. I also kind of want it to happen because 15 fights is just too many. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at ME Step Mine, here with Real Mike, Mike Copenhaver. Don't cope, just win there on Twitter. And Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills, again, with a Z. That's a beautiful flashing hat. If you're not watching the video, you're definitely missing out right now. Uh, follow the show itself. This show has its own Twitter account at MMA for Money Show. Real Mike. How are you doing? I mean, I know you're not as quite as um, illuminescent as Mike Gills is doing, but how are you? Uh, I'm doing absolutely amazing, man. Uh, stoked to be here after another weekend of dominating UFC bets for you guys. Uh, it's been like three, four weeks in a row that the MMA for Money team has just killed MMA. Uh, even Mikey Gills killed the DraftKings last week. So stoked to be here with my boys and talk about the UFC and the last fights of the year so we can talk about some devastating fights. Uh, I am. Uh, oh, I jumped the gun. I'm no, that's fine. I, I just I needed to jump in. I needed. I needed to just let you go. But I need to explain something for all of those people that are listening and now watching. These are things you miss out on. You would be seeing. I don't know. He's resembling. Basically, those are exa- basically the exact lights I have on the outside, exterior of my home, but they're they're good. around they're on your head. So I just I just want to make people aware of just the wonderful things you miss when you don't watch live. But Mikey Gills, <laughs> go for it. Uh, no, I, I have to have these lights on. So the only things keeping me awake at this point, uh, just exhausted working for the post office. Uh, December, oh boy, the, the year of COVID. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this for years and decades to come at our job. This is the year that finally breaks all of us. But anyway, I'm excited to be here. That's the point. Excited. If you're, if you're watching live, you can see the pimple on my cheek. It's growing. It's going to be the size of my head before this is all over. Let's go. It'll get you a fifth light and a second red one just right there. It's similar size, shape. Don't worry. I'll take these off before we start breaking down fights because I can see like two fights into it. You guys are like, no, no, seriously, take it off. It's distracting. So here it goes. That's right. I'll, I'll just cover it up. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's totally <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in favor of that hat. I like the lights a lot. Okay. Well, just, just for yours. Put it back on. No, the best is going to be it's like you, it's like you guys are like the uh, the grizzled veterans when you got new guys that are going to get hired at the post office like in a year or two from now and you're because like we do the same thing at my job like we had a, a horrific like snow ice storm like two winters ago and we had a new guy since then you're like yeah this is kind of bad but 
you yeah. weren't there for the <laughs> storm of whatever. It just, it just makes you feel better and it makes them feel less than and that just makes everybody else win. But we're going to jump in because we have to because this is a gigantic, gigantic fight card. But actually, before we get to that, I, I got to hit my tags. I got to hit my tags. I got to hit my lines. I got I to gotta get the go just to get you guys in here with us. You got to hear the old usual lines to get in gear. So let's get in here. The Get in gear. The MMA4 Money Show is here live right now on Twitch, Periscope, on YouTube. If you're watching live, that is where you're watching. If you're not watching live, why didn't you watch live? That's not, that's like, you don't watch your sports after the fact. I mean, I mean, I do, but most people don't. <laughs> you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, the RSS feed. We have full length shows there on YouTube. If you're watching live here, you're right there. Hit the like button, comment, all of that wonderful stuff that I know I need to hype up more. So I'm getting used to that part. Uh, subscribe. You'll never miss a show. Like, comment, share, and do that on your platform of choice. That's anything on Google Podcasts. Apple Pod, anything, comment, share, subscribe on any of those. They all make us feel good. And we're all about feeling good. I mean, obviously, this is episode 69. Let's, let's keep going with that theme. Mm-hmm. But we're going to jump right into it because we have a gigantic fight card to go over. So we're going <laughs> to probably go through 256 even faster than we should, which kind of sucks because it was an amazing fight card that we kind of crushed. So we will. I will go through all of the results as I have them listed. We'll jump back for a few. And then we'll talk about how we made you tons of money and how DraftKings killed. But like that's all just it's becoming an old hat. And I'm not even wearing a hat. Again, I'm the only one that's not. I need to get into that. Chase Hooper, minus 380, came back from death for a round three heel hook. <laughs> Sergey Spivak, no, if I didn't happen. I really wanted that one to happen. Tisha Torres got a TKO, or for my personal benefit inside the distance, because I had a small bet, a personal bet on that. Again. Keep an eye on our Twitter accounts because sometimes we'll throw out extra ones that we don't have on here. Yes, it was a TKO because of Dr. Stoppage, but I don't care. Counting it. Um, Billy Corintillo got himself beat by Kev- Gavin Tucker. I'm pretty surprised about that one. Kenzie Dern got the unanimous decision victory over Verna. Janda Roba, uh, it was pretty close, at least in my opinion, but she still got the win. Cub Swanson turned back time. I mean, well, not really because... Daniel Pineda has been in the UFC and then out of the UFC for a long time as well. But okay, whatever. We're, we're going to go with the turn back time. He, he shared it up. He shared it up real good. Junior Dos Santos. Oh, man, that was rough. Uh, that was uh, good. Some people are arguing back to the head, but he was turning that elbow really messed him up bad in round two. And again, like I said, there's at least one fight for a card. And apparently this one had more than one. I get credit to my gills for that. But there's always at least one sad fight of the night. This was what I thought the sad fight of the night was going to be. But you know what? Right back at it for the next one. There was another sad fight of the night. <laughs> Kevin Holland not only knocked out uh, Souza, but actually kind of dominated on the ground and then like not even really up to a knee yet, threw a strike and knock out, knocked out Souza, which is ridiculous. And that gif will circulate forever. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I, I know everyone's all about the uh, Joachim uh, Buckley finish. That's KO of the year. That's fantastic. This guy like was basically elevated his legs off the ground and just threw a strike and knocked out Jacare. So I don't know. This is this kind of working its way up for me. Either sorry. It's trying to move on. Our first bet of the night cashed with uh Fiziev getting that TKO left hook in the first round against Moicano. Then our second bet of the night cashed with Charles Dobronx Oliveira almost getting that sub in the first round. So that's I'm happy we didn't go with inside the distance, but just battered Ferguson for the better part of three rounds. Got the damn decision there. So we were plus 2.45 units on the night for you guys. Just a clean sweep there. And then in the main event, we had a majority draw because Davidson Figueredo kicked Brandon Moreno a little bit too hard in the crotch region. 
Otherwise, that's a, that's a clear sailing win if you wouldn't have taken off that point. We'd have a bet on the main event because we don't bet on the main events. And this is why, because I would have been like, hey, man, Figueredo inside the distance. Obviously, and obviously not. So I already did our quick bet recap. I'm going to give it to Mikey Gills to go over his DraftKings recap. And then I'm for sure going to hit at least three of those. And then we're going to give that to everybody for it. So uh, Mikey Gills, how did we do on DraftKings? Okay, so technically, uh, four, technically it's three and a half out of six. I'm going to call it four for a few reasons, and we will get to those as we go down. But we scored 476 points on this. Not bad at all. If everything would have hit the way we wanted to, it should have been 506. Yeah, my math is terrible right now. My brain's not working. It should have been over 500. We'll get to that in a second. We're going to start off. Tisha Torres, 121 points. Her opponent was a total fraud. And you know me, when I see those fraudulent records, I get a little excited. I was so excited that I put money down for a Tisha Torres finish, which is about, it's it's basically the Haley's comment of MMA. So congrats to all of us for picking it. Uh, Bob, I knew, I think you said you put the, the inside the distance bet down. So boom, let's go. Uh, next up was Gavin Tucker. Uh, first, not first underdog of the night that cast for us. I picked, I picked Tucker to win outright. And that's always, that always feels good. Like you don't always pick your, your DraftKings underdogs to win, but this one was a straight up underdog pick that cashed for us. Um, going into it, I really liked Tucker's, uh, the difference in his stand-up arsenal is why I picked him to beat Billy Q, and that turned out to be really the difference in it. Next up was uh, Werner Jandaroba. This didn't surprise me too much. I did pick Dern to win the fight, but for DraftKings underdog money, I thought it was close enough that Verna had a decent chance to win. Only cash for 36 and a half points. Eh, that kind of sucks. Uh, next up, Kevin Holland. Boom, 97 and a half points. He had some weird, like, space jam arm stretch punch that just caught Jacare from halfway across the cage, even though he was sitting literally in his lap, basically at the time, weirdest knockout I've ever seen. It surpasses Nico price for the greatest, like knockout while you're still in the ground punch I've ever seen. Love it. Uh, next up, turn Tony Ferguson and only nine and a half points. I'm going to quote my brother here. Tony Ferguson's cooked. He's cooked. Um, and it, it came through in this fight. I don't, I don't want to take too much away from, uh, from Charles Oliveira, I did pick Tony Ferguson to win this fight, but it didn't really work out for uh, didn't really work out for my boy Ferg. Not sure where he goes from here. Last up, Davison Figueredo, 81 and a half points. Now, here is some added value is if you follow us on Twitter, if you follow all of our individual accounts, you would have seen me in a bit of rare form. If you follow me, I live blog this fight after every single round and you could see little excited. We'll just go ahead and call it excited. Maybe one too many of these. But no, Davison Figueredo looked great. Aside from the ball kick, he should have won that fight. I thought he did enough to win it. I did score it live, a draw. Unfortunately, that did cost us an extra 30 points. But again, 476, three and a half out of six, not bad. Four, I'll take 476. If you if you told me 476 went into any card, and a lot of double-up tournaments or triple-ups are usually going to be on the better side of that. So 476, boom. Intentional pause. Sorry, every time there's a pause now, I'm just going to say intentional pause. It makes me feel better about <laughs> not being as uh, fast on the pen when the pen is like, hey, do I have ink? I don't know. Again, doesn't matter. <laughs> Real Mike. I want to hear your thoughts on a couple, and then afterwards we can pass it to Mikey Gills. But first, I want your opinion on I, – I don't care anyone who's – for some reason everyone's saying it's an early stoppage. I, I don't agree, and I, I doubt you agree as well. But just how awesome – Fiziev looked against like a one-time surging prospect, Hinato Mercado, 
just overall thoughts on that fight, the finish, and where you want to see him after this. Yeah, well, you know, I was stoked to pick uh, Fiziev for our fight or you know, on our bet because they obviously made it so easily a win for us. Uh, cashed it with a beautiful knockout. I think that uh, it was justified because the fact that once uh, Moicano got up, he stumbled right back down on the ground and almost fell down again, even when he tried to, to argue. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. Do you, do you really want to see the guy die? Because, I mean, my boy was unloading combos with and good head movement. A couple times, Moicano uh, rocked uh, Fiziev a little bit harder than I actually liked to, uh, liked to have seen. But they, they, that's because Moicano does have some really, really good straight, crisp boxing. Uh, that's why I liked him in the past. Um, so he, he used it quite well for a little bit. But then uh, Fiziev's dude, his defense... And, and world-class striking, man. When I say, you know, like Adesanya is the best striker in the UFC, that that this is number two, in my opinion, uh, on the just world-class, the world, just beautiful striking defense and offensively. Um, a physio, he's the man, dude. I, I don't know exactly where I want to see him yet um, because I just love him so much. I don't want them to kill our star. But uh, I'd like to see them test him versus someone with some good, really good wrestling and, uh, you know, not, with, not crazy stand-up so I could see him maybe possibly knock out another guy. Mike Gills, do you have anything specific on this one? I mean, I know this you didn't have this one in DraftKings, but how'd you like Fizio's? I'm gonna pronounce the name wrong. I'm, uh, I'm just calling Fizzy. Just Fizzy. Uh, no, nah, the only thing that I was that I would add to that was the uh, the the George Gurgel ancestry.com. It turned out to be true. Tried standing, couldn't do it, didn't work out. Boom, Fizio. Yeah, yeah, baby, cash it. Again, for those who didn't watch the live show yesterday, I, you didn't see me completely and utterly lose my collective stuff when he made the George Gurgel reference. It just, it hit me in just the perfect way because that was one of the earlier seasons of Tough I watched. And then you just would watch this guy fight who supposedly has like the best jujitsu that like we had ever seen. And he never did anything but throw hands. And he wasn't <laughs> even that good at that. So I just, I beyond laughed. I'm just, if anything, I'm, I'm green with jealous rage over this fight because... Um, Mike gave it as a pick. I gave mine as a pick. I bet mine right away. And then I was waiting because I was, I was planning on doing some more bets. So I kind of walked away, just had things mulling over in my brain. And then I start seeing this downtrend. So because we gave Fiziev out at uh, minus 155, I believe, to win one unit. And he just started dropping. I did not understand it, but apparently a lot of steam started coming in on Moicano. And I started seeing Fiziev getting closer and closer to even money. I'm like, I might get this guy a dog money. So I got I got a little bit greedy. And I kept waiting and I kept waiting. I guess I saw it get down to minus 120. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is for sure going to hit plus money. I was like, I went to bed on, it was Friday night. It's still minus 120. I'm like, I'm going to bet this tomorrow morning. I'm going to have plus money. This is awesome. And then I did as many are want to do and just plain up forgot. <laughs> and then the fights are about to start. And I'm just like, I never bet Fiziev. <laughs> and I like to have it all so I could put it out. I usually put my bets out earliest Friday afternoon, latest Saturday morning. And yeah, that one just never got it in. So I missed out on that. But you guys got to cash because obviously that uh, was the correct one. That one. I called Bob right after. I was like, holy I shit. He did. I, know. I was so pissed. I completely, I did that. that's how much I spaced because I posted my bets on Twitter as I do. And you said, like later on, it wasn't even like right then. It was like as the fights were going on, you were like, didn't you even back me? I was like, what do you mean I didn't back me? I looked at my bets. I'm like, no. <laughs> the fight had already happened. So. I'm allowed. To, my brain scrambled sometimes. That's why if you ever notice I start to ramble, it's, this, it's not all up there. It's not all okay up there, but it's enough to be able to communicate to you in somewhat eligible situations. 
Moving on, um, the, going to the co-main event, which we also cashed. This one was my bet. Dobronk straight run, ran through Ferguson. He almost had that. Like Literally anybody else would have tapped to that in the first round. And honestly, in most any other reps, refs, sorry, may or may not have called that because they would have thought something happened to the arm. That was just ridiculous. I am so pumped on Dobronks right now. Can't even believe it because like, and I know me and Mike had talked about it beforehand. Real Mike, sorry, that is. That we were so big on him, and we really thought, and especially I know, I know for sure it was real Mike who brought up that he thought it was a good chance that he was going to win by decision. Whereas I just knew he was going to win. I didn't want to go any, either way with it. But so big kudos for calling it that specifically. But uh, we'll go with uh, real Mike first on thoughts on the fight, and then we'll go Mikey Gills because I mean I know you went around the first inside, but going forward for how you would place uh, Doe Bronx any type of DraftKings spot or how you like him. But first, real Mike, and then we'll go Mikey Gills for. Dobronx's performance this past weekend. Oh man, well it was an absolute uh, pleasure to watch Dobronx uh, fight this past weekend. I mean, we've been watching him uh, since he was a young man in the UFC, uh, just basically just arise into his prime. Um, like I said last week, I, I knew that uh, Tony was going to be in a lot of trouble when his jujitsu was his best asset, and it was it was going to be canceled out. And if not, Oliver was going to have the edge. A lot of people disagreed with me on 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 in that uh, statement, but I mean, it shoot it showed sure as shit when Oliveira had him deep in that armbar. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been in an armbar like that, but dude, he was he had it so fucking deep and locked under his armpit at the end of it that I mean, I, I bro, I was screaming, crying. I, I thought that it was gonna break, bro. I I just never in my life am I letting anyone get that deep on me, and if because I would tap before. There's like I said, I don't know if he's made a rubber. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty positive he got damaged uh, somewhere in his arm. But I mean, the fight was amazing. It was. It was an absolute treat for uh, mixed martial art fans to watch to see someone like Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira roll on the ground and scramble and uh, defend certain positions. It, it was absolutely delightful. Uh, and then we not only did we you know get that joy, but we got the joy of cashing uh, the bet. Uh, we got plus money on Charles Dubronx Oliveira, which we jumped on quickly. Another win for the podcast is 2-0 this week, and we've just been on an absolute domination roll. Uh, hope to close it out this last week. Yeah, just real, real quick personal story about the Tony Ferguson thing. Uh, Ocean City Classic, probably 2007. It was actually the same night that Forrest Griffin beat Shogun. I had my elbow popped in a jiu-jitsu tournament. I can testify firsthand. It does hurt like absolute hell, and mine didn't go anywhere near as bad as as Tony did. But getting right back to uh, this fight, I, th I think the biggest takeaway that we have to talk about is this puts an end to any of the arguments that Tony would have had anything at all for Khabib. Just would have had absolutely nothing. He would have gotten absolutely smashed on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. He would have offered nothing. So I'm glad. I'm glad, even though we didn't get to see the fight, we did get to see the answer. You know, so I, I do like that. And just going on Oliveira real quick, like I don't want to sound like a hater. And if we, if maybe we can pull up the top five if we need to. But like I just where where he goes from here, I don't know anybody else at the top of the ladder in that division that Oliveira is going to be able to go out there and beat because nobody else out there ha can be so easily taken down like Tony can, you know. And I, I look, Oliveira impressed the hell out of me going out there and just dominating him on the mat and getting those submissions in on him. I just don't know who else he does that to at the top so it's going to be really interesting to see who they match him up with next no one tricky thing for me with dobronx going forward is he's going to be a dog in every subsequent fight that he has against the top uh, of the division except except maybe against 
Poirier if they would fight. But um, but against Gagey, against Connor, whoever, he's going to be the dog. One hard thing about those fights, um, he obviously is going to be at a disadvantage in some of them. But in both, just go with those two for an example, Gagey, Connor. He also has a clear path to victory in both. Gagey got absolutely tooled when it got to any type of high-level BJJ context with Khabib. And Connor has been tapped out several times. So obviously that first round to round and a half versus Connor, very dangerous for Dobronx, very dangerous. Just hits so damn hard. And um, even though Dobronx has gotten better with his defense, he still gets hit a little bit. And that shot could put him out. Very possible. And Gagey is forward pressure, all go, all that stuff. But it's going to be one of those weird situations where he'd be the dog in both the scenarios, but he actually has a path to victory. I'm not saying I'd pick him in those right away. I mean, I would need to see those come yeah. up close. But um, I know you don't think so, but rewatch Khabib versus Gagey. Yeah, I, I get that. But uh, Oliveira doesn't have Khabib's takedowns, hop control. Like, I, like, obviously, I didn't know that Gagey going into that fight had absolutely no jiu-jitsu. Like, well, no, no one did. No one did. Because yeah. we never, we never <laughs> saw No, Nobody fucking fa- did. With how fast the Bronx can scramble to the back. Like, he doesn't even necessarily, necessarily have to get him down. Mm-hmm. He could just get onto his back. But yeah, maybe. So, wait, so I was stoned. Uh, we were talking about Oliveira beating uh, Gaethje. Yes. As, I'm just saying he has a path to victory. I'm not saying oh, yeah. I, I, I believe it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Jiu Jitsu, far superior. He's going to go forward, obviously, and he can take a beating. But just we saw the complete lack of depth once mm-hmm. it got to the ground. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a leg kick problem that uh, Oliveira would have, I think. Yeah. And, and boy, those leg kicks are just, man. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I've, I am perpetually a believer in Gage's leg kicks. So I would like, give him mad credit in any fight he's in just because of those because he's taking too many people out there we're focusing too long on this obviously we have way too many fights to go over <laughs> sorry yeah future future <laughs> context obviously we have some uh weeks in the future where there's not as many fights going on and we could we could really get into that but you know what um i don't know so sorry i just i just really see like for sure if connor doesn't knock him out in the first like two minutes i would not be shocked the just completely early choked him out and Gagey with how he looked against Khabib, it's kind of similar. It's just going down and just snatching up something. Love it. Um, <laughs> sorry, moving on. Um, briefly talking about the main event. Obviously, we had no money on it, no pick per se. It was a fantastic fight. Um, really, my only takeaway from it is if they ran it back, I still think that at this point, Davison is better. But with how improved Moreno looks, if there's like a two to three fight gap in between, I would really start to favor Moreno more heavily but if they do they run it back like dana's talking about i'm just kind of still on the davison figurator train personally so uh thoughts we'll go mike gills first and then real mike thoughts on that one before we move on to the the gigantic card that we need to get to i'm aware i'm looking at the clock we're working on it <laughs> uh, well mine will be quick because i was blackout drunk I, I i have to watch the fight again i honestly don't remember much of it uh so mike that's fair right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the, the fight was uh i i don't know i you know why I was giving Murano so much credit during the fight. I just, I just was maybe I was just shocked that uh, Figueroa was a little bit human. 
But I, I brought that up on the podcast last week in the sense of he's this is a second weight cut in a short in a few short weeks. This is this, it's very hard on the body, and that we might see something that uh, might be a detriment to him in, in his cardio or or something. And and that's kind of what we saw here was that Moreno had a little bit better of a chance. Um, I, I the fight was amazing. Moreno was a savage, um, but I, I really think that if Devison had a full camp, if he was healthy, didn't cut weight so many uh, twice in one month. I think that we'd see a whole different fighter, a uh, bigger gas tank. We'd see a much clearer scorecard, especially with uh, the nut shot. But, uh, man, dude, that was a nut shot and a half. I was just waiting for his balls to come out of his mouth. <laughs> One thing I will take uh, credit for, um, because I, I clearly saw this, and I knew it would be a thing, and it did happen. It just didn't result in a finish, which is actually utterly surprising to me, was I talked about one of the main reasons for me liking Davidson Figueroa and thinking he can get the finish was how Moreno uh, comes into strike. Like I joked that he was like early on alpha male guy who would just swing wildly and throw his chin forward. So an uppercut was right there. And a couple times he got landed on viciously by Davidson Figueredo. And kudos to him, dude. Kid stayed conscious. So that is, I mean, big kudos on his chin because that those hit him flush. It, it was beautiful. But we need to move on. I am well aware. So just quick review. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Quick review. Yes, we uh, two and zero for plus two point four five, and you and DraftKings was uh, four hundred seventy six. Three four seventy six. There you go. So just wanted to quick throw that out there before we jump into the massive fight card that is Vegas seventeen. Uh, we're gonna try to move this along. So honestly, if there's ones that we don't have like a lot on, I don't mean a lot of information. I just mean a lot of interest. We're probably gonna kind of skate past a little bit. Like if there's these ones that like we don't have a bet on and there's no like real DraftKings lean, it's like they may start getting pushed away. Cause honestly like at least three or four more of these fights going to get canceled. Let's be honest. So the very first fight on the fight card is Rick Glenn minus 325 versus Carlton minus with the plus number plus 265. Mikey Gills, Rick Glenn versus minus. All right. Well, just starting off uh, with the whole like keeping it short thing. If you need a governor on me, just ring a bell or something. Me, I'll ramble all night. <laughs> I'm going Sorry. to do this motion. And if you guys can't see, it's like the whoopee finger swirl with both fingers simultaneously. That'll be the signal. All right. We'll start off with Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn, 21 6. Don't give me the signal already. Jesus. <laughs> 21 6. 10 knockouts, five subs, going for 9,500 on DraftKings. Uh, three and three since entering the UFC. He lost his last fight, but that was all the way back in November of 2018. He needed to have hip surgery. He's basically blue from old school. You're my boy. Sorry. Anyway, uh, better striker. He'd be better off keeping it standing in this fight. Going up against Carlton Minus. God, I'm talking fast. I'll slow it down just a little. Uh, Ten and two, six knockouts, one sub, 6,700 on DraftKings. Uh, one thing about this guy that stands out to me, he's an Alaskan FC guy. We have talked about him on the show before. Guys from that promotion, you always want to kind of maybe take a little grain of salt with them. Uh, he lost his UFC debut back in August. Shocker, Alaskan FC. Um, he has fought uh, UFC guys before. He took an absolute beating from Rick Story, and then he beat Justin Buck Buckles. Um, for me, this fight comes down to how Rick Glenn's going to deal with a long layoff. But if he comes back in shape and ready to go, he's definitely the better overall fighter. Uh, he's got the size and reach. So, God, Glenn's my pick. Just have to hope he's not too rusty. Yeah, on this fight, uh, I really care give a fuck about this matchup. But uh, Rick Rick Glenn should win this fight. He's the OG. He's got way more experience in the octagon. Like you said, the other guy, Carlton Minus, uh, he, he's literally a C minus fighter from Alaska at FC. Like you said, he should see his way back there and get some Alaska King crap because he's going to get beat up by Rick Glenn. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, agree with both, but agreeing with my gills, the layoff is the only thing. This minus three twenty five when you've had that much time off is even against an Alaska FC guy. It's, the it, numbers it's, ugly. The numbers ugly. Don't bet this. We're not betting this. Yeah, I, I mean, said don't bet this at all. Uh, pick pick is Glenn. I mean, I know that. Um, I think I heard an interview with him. He's picked up uh, at least part time work to try to make ends meet because obviously he's been fighting for two years. He had an injury layoff. Got got his hip worked on and moved back to Iowa. He's not an alpha male anymore. And a pick, obviously, picks there, but don't even put this in a parlay. Don't tempt fate in in that way. Just it's it's just frankly, it's not worth it. Jimmy Flick, yes, against minus one fifty. I won't make the terrible dad joke this time. I did that last time. If you want to go back two weeks, you hear a ter- couple terrible dad dad jokes I made off the Flick name. We'll we'll move on. He's facing Cody CT Durden CT for for Cody Tyler. It's just where I'm going with it. That's what happened last show. Deep cuts. <laughs> Plus 130. Real Mike. How you feeling about the flick versus the dirt? Uh, with this one, uh, my pick is not flick. It will be uh, Cody Dirt, and I think that he's more well-rounded. He's uh, training at ATT. He's got a bunch of experienced fighters that roll with every single day that are way more diverse than uh, Jimmy Flick, uh, way better jiu-jitsu than Jimmy Flick. I think that uh, the, the, the camp move, the everything is in favor for Jimmy Durden. Uh, the only thing that you know, we can say is that he had a pink eye infection, which really doesn't mean anything to me because fighting is fighting. And uh, these guys should want to fight with one eye if they have to. So uh, this is going to be our first bet of the podcast. So we're going to be putting one unit down on Cody Durden. And what are the odds at right now, Bob? Plus 130. So at plus 130, one unit for Cody Durden to absolutely dominate this fight. Um, I, I think it'll be a decision victory, but it'll be quite easy. Oh, uh, yeah, just uh, Jimmy Flick on DraftKings, 8,700. Cody Durden, 7,500. Uh, we broke down this fight two weeks ago, went completely in-depth. Uh, in the interest of saving time, I'll just give you the the overview here. Cody Durden, for me, he's just better on the feet, more power, better technique. He can keep it there if he needs it to. And then on the ground, uh, physically much stronger of the two, stays busy. Uh, he can grapple his ass off. I believe it was two-time All-American. Uh, wrestling. I just think uh, Cody Durden's going to win this fight. I was in agreement two weeks ago, still in agreement now. Intentional pause. Sorry, again, I realize I have to mention it because if you're you're thinking, you're probably thinking I, on the audio, you're probably thinking I cut out. I'm just 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 pausing because just we already broke down this fight. My feelings are predominantly similar. Um, I mean, I know he's going down in a weight class, so I think he's going to be big enough. The dirt net is bigger and strong enough to be able to keep things on the feet where he has the edge. On the ground, uh, Flick has some pretty decent submissions, so it makes sense on DraftKings that he's uh, the salary he is because if there's a finish, it's likely going to be Jimmy Flick. But I think that Durden will be able to keep it up on the feet for a longer period of time, maybe even some pressing against the uh, of the fence, and he'll be able to get some strikes off and outpoint him. Like, at, like I would like to say at absolute there's 29-28, but I mean, depending on the judge, I, I, I kind of wish that we knew who was going into this given how bad things have been. But you know what? I'm not, not going to complain because honestly, judging has been bad for a long, long time. Just it ebbs and flows with the degree of terrible. So here's hoping that they're pretty much on the money, which what I think where we have our money on Cody Durden at the plus 130. So that's one unit to win 1.3 there. Okay, next up we have Tafon Nakukwi, the, the Teflon one, minus 300 versus Jamie Pickett, plus 250. Mikey Gills, where are you at on this fight? Yeah, it's, uh, start off with uh, Tafon, Nakukwi, Nakukwi, whatever we want to call it. It's uh, 4-0, four knockouts, 9,400 on DraftKings. Uh, 
Cameroonian, if we want to start making unnecessary comparisons to other UFC fighters, have at it. Go for it. Um, making his UFC debut, he does in the in his brief um, fight career. He holds a win over Anthony Knight, who is a scary, scary man. If you don't remember Anthony Knight, he just put away Stipe's BFF, Alexa Kamer, in pretty devastating fashion. We bet him on DraftKings, and it worked out for us. I'm actually familiar with this guy before that. He's from Hyattsville, Maryland, very close to where I grew up. He used to fight in our local Shogun promotion, and I think it was only his third fight, but I was there, watched it, and he did put a guy away with a flying knee. It was pretty devastating, so hometown guy, let's go. I'm just stylistically very powerful striker. He doesn't try to blow you away with any flashy stuff. He's He'll just throw very hard and very devastating. Uh, comes out of Lloyd Irvin's camp. Don't think we need to hold that against him. I've never seen him in any parking garages, so... Don't worry about it. He's probably a good guy. Going up against Jamie Pickett, 11 and 4, eight knockouts, one sub, 6,800 on DraftKings. Also making his UFC debut after winning on Dana White's contender series. Um, the, the UFC really seems to want to push this guy. He had two losses on the contender series before finally winning on his third try. I uh, don't think I've ever seen that before. Perhaps he has like a Dana Ronda tape that none of us know about. I don't know. Um, one other thing I really noticed about him is very super uh, questionable competition. You know, I hate that. Uh, in 15 career fights, he hasn't fought anything like he hasn't fought the level of competition that Ch- Chukwe has in just four fights. So just that's one thing to think about. One thing that stands out to me uh, stylistically is how open he leaves himself in exchanges. He swings very wild, blitzes in with his chin out in the air. That does not spell good one. So for that easy pick for me, hometown guy in Chukwe. I think he's going to Hawk smash this dude in the first round. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much going to say the same thing. Uh, Tefan is just uh, is better everywhere around and in every aspect of mixed martial arts, in my opinion. I, I really I don't like the negative 300 price tag or whatever it's at. I think it's it's a little hefty if if I was personally going to bet it. But I mean, I, I guess it's warranted for uh, he's, he should absolutely dominate this guy. And, and like you said, Hulk smash a little uh, Jada pick pick it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, like I think it. that. Uh, it will be, you know, Teflon by dom- domination, TKO, KO, and uh, but I like I said, this is not something I find value in or or want to bet. Just two quick corrections. It was William Knight, not Anthony what did, Knight. What did I say? Oh, Anthony. Sorry. No, it's fine. Just clarifying in case before anyone sends angry tweets. Second, real Mike, how dare you bring up the name of the one and true first lady of our country, Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, you, you, you like that? Towards Did Jada you like Pinkett. that? I threw it, I, it was perfect, dude. I'm, I'm still upset that she was killed and screamed too. I'm still mad at her sure. menace to society, bro. I'm still mad she didn't have a bigger part in the Matrix trilogy. I mean, in the video game she did, but in the actual movie, they barely gave her anything. Sorry, deep cuts. So, uh, <laughs> I had to think about that one for a second. Like, oh. Dude, you never played the Matrix related video game? It's awesome. It's basically just all about her and the Asian dude who is her partner. It's the entire game is just them two as a sub category of the movie. She should have awesome. saved Tupac and kept him like safe in the cave somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, again, deep cuts. Moving on. Um, I'm with the Teflon one. Like minus three hundred is ridiculous for anyone who's four and in the UFC, but he should win here. This just kind of—they're feeding this to him. They want him to get a win. They want to build off his name. He seems like someone that they can get behind. I mean, they're they're already big on the Georgians. Maybe the next one's the Cameroonians. I, I don't know, but either way, this is tailor made for him. They think he's going to take Pickett out. I tend to agree, but minus 300 against somebody that hasn't really experienced what the UFC has to offer, that's just not going to be a thing that's going to happen uh, for me. So next up, Draco Rodriguez, minus 185 versus 
I I want to make fun of Eamon Zahabi so bad. <laughs> the like the he's the light or the ugly dockling like you were gonna bring up for the other fighter that got canceled because his brother doesn't actually I mean, he fought a little bit, but he's just a really, really good coach. So I don't know if it still applies, but if his brother was a fighter, then Eamon would for sure be the worst one. Um yeah. plus 160. Uh there on Zahabi. Real Mike Draco versus the other Zahabi. Yeah, I, I think Draco's going to win here. I think that he's just a, a meaner, tougher dude in general, uh, more well-rounded in mixed martial arts. The only thing that really um, I think Zahabi has a chance at is that he's just tricky. You know, he, he ends up, you know, the Zahabi brothers are very, very uh, smart in mixed martial arts. His brother's a very great coach, uh, but that doesn't mean you're a great fighter. Uh, once you get punched in your face, uh, it, 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 it all goes away. So I think that Zahabi's that type of guy that once he gets hit in his face, that it, it all goes away. You know, that black belt in jiu-jitsu turns into nothing else. So I, I just, I don't trust Zahabi at all. Um, I, I think that if you, if you liked him at all, you might put him inside the distance, but from submission maybe, but I don't like him at all. I think Draco Rodriguez wins this and just pretty easily. Yeah, no, I, I, I like Draco too. Uh, seven and one, two knockouts, four subs, 9,100 on DraftKings. Uh, looking at his career, he turned pro in 2017, but if you dig a little bit deeper, he had a 13 and no amateur record. So a lot more experience than his pro record would let on. He only has one loss and it's uh, current UFC fighter, Tony Gravely going up against the hobby. Yes. He is the ugly dolphin. I don't care. You know, you know, for us and like kickbox or whatever, you know, anyway, seven and two, three knockouts, three subs, 7,100 on DraftKings, uh, one and two in the UFC, but he's only fought three times since 2016. His, both of the last two were losses. Uh, you go through his career again i i harp on this and you guys are probably sick of hearing it but i records that i don't respect he only has one respectable win on his resume it was back in 2017 reginaldo vieira that we all we all we all love reginaldo vieira but um draco rodriguez the pick is a hobby going through i just don't see that him seeing himself as like a real mma fighter it seems like he's just been taking favorable matchups whenever he feels like fighting as opposed to somebody like draco who is taking the time to build his amateur record, taking the time to get the right fights as a pro. Um, you know, his record's a little shaky too, but he is fighting like Tony Gravely's and he's working his way up the ladder like a good pro should. So for me, Draco, he's the guy, um, you know, pro boxing experience as well. He can also win a lot of his fights by submission. This is a guy that's building his styles up. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take Draco in this. 24 years old, seems to be doing it the right way. And Zahabi seems like a next logical step kind of opponent. Run up the gate, pick his uh, Draco here. Um, I think he's an actual fighter. What I think has happened with Eamon, sorry, what I think has happened with Eamon Zahabi is it, it, if any of you did sports growing up, Eamon Zahabi is the same thing of any sport you've ever done for the coach's kid. He knows every play, he knows every position to be in, he knows every route, he knows every whatever, because not only does he do it in practice, but then there's subsequent practice after that with his dad. And he just, he's the perfect little soldier. The talent isn't there, but like he could run the place. So like he's really good at defense and like for basketball, he's really good at defense. He knows where everyone's supposed to go. He's okay at passing. He's not that fast, doesn't jump very high can't really shoot well like he's the guy that gets good at free throws but not good at anything else because there's too much contact and this is a long explanation basically just be like he's the teacher's pet he's the coach's like i guarantee you he was the guy that anytime his brother was teaching a lesson he would bring up Amin zahabi to perform it in front of people because technically he's perfect 
he's the perfect person in a dojo to show you stuff and all that kind of stuff that doesn't make him a fighter it just makes him be able to take instruction and when the like strikes start getting thrown he goes inward on himself and he can't click it in he doesn't have the knack for violence that most of these fighters need or the fluidity on the ground to just like shut his brain off and act he has to think through everything it's a detriment here that he's like supposedly as smart as he is he has to think through everything so he will think of the best thing to do but there's a fraction of a second that it takes him to get to that point and by the time he gets there he's been hit two more times so i just don't like him here the minus 25 on rodriguez is a bit is a bit high for me so i don't have a bet on it but i, I do think zahab is going to be one of the 60 to 85 people that are going to be cut in the next 30 to 60 days so i guess we'll find out on saturday but i, I just don't see it happening next or up, they or they hold it above uh Faraz's head like hey we'll keep your brother but you have to get gsp back movie movie analogy it's like the little giants but zahabi is the the guy that's wrapped up in the bubble yeah so he's not really on the team he doesn't really help anybody he doesn't really he's just there but you know he learns some stuff he's smart because he's a nerd yeah, but he he's not a fighter the annexation of puerto rico exactly there you go. he forgot and he forgot to and he forgot to bring the inhaler. So he's just not going to do it at all. He does he's <laughs> that extra little gear he can't hit into. Mic drop. Sorry. I'm, I'm always <laughs> a, a little Giants fan. And again, whoever hit Rick Moranis, I will find you. I don't. Yeah. I will find you. We will all find you. Sorry. Those so many good movies. Dude, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid was such a good movie, dude. It was stuck with me forever. Underrated and Honey, movie. I blew up, the kid, blew up the Kid is underrated. Well, I was going to say uh, Bully with Tom Arnold. Big yes. Bully. Solid, solid film. Yes, he's a he's a terrible writer. Comes back to his own home. Tom Arnold wants to be friends with him, and then realizes he's the kid that he bullied when he was a kid, and then just like it escalates real quickly yeah, to the point it's, it's a little bit dark. Juvie. It's a little bit dark. Yeah, well, he stole yeah, the moon, dude. He stole the moon rock. He basically well, yeah. should go to juvie forever. He stole <laughs> the moon rock, but then they put him in the cell, and he was with the kid who lit his mom on fire because she vacuumed her and lost in space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Again, yeah. I didn't have any friends growing up. That's fine. Deep cuts. It's okay. It's okay. I had friends. I just, anytime I wasn't with them, I just watched random movies because we had every movie channel and no one ever was questioning what I was watching. So I saw a lot of everything, but okay, this is getting, this is why I saw all the child's play movies by the time I was like eight. Which probably that's how he saw the Spice channel and that's why he has three, four kids now. I got two. 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 I was joking. I was joking. I got two and then I got fixed like a gentleman. <laughs> I was joking. Time, sorry, sorry. Darren Wynn. Yes, we're talking about that fool. This plus 130 versus Antonio Arroyo minus 150. I'm trying to calm myself because we all know how it goes when we get too disparaging on a fighter. Mikey Gills, here's hoping you could tone me down a little bit. Tell, talk to me about Darren Wynn versus Antonio Arroyo. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think it, this is a make fun of anybody fight, so... Uh, Dar uh, Darren wins six and two, four knockouts, 7,300 on DraftKings. Uh, lost his last two fights, most recently getting subbed by Gerald Mearshart back in March. Actually, we are going to make fun of him a little bit because he got boxed up by him a little bit. Anyway, uh, solid, solid wrestling background, you know, average at best stand up, uh, busier than he is technical. He's definitely going to want to get this fight against, uh, to the ground against Antonio Arroyo, nine and three, four knockouts, four subs, 8,900 on DraftKings. Uh, lost his UFC debut, uh, He's not the not the better resume of grappling in this fight, but you watch him. He is talented enough in his own right. Huge size advantage. That length can be nasty on the ground. Like if we're talking about that, like if he gets in trouble, you know, he can probably work his way out with, with just his length alone. Um, let's see. 
I do think this is a Royalist fight to lose. Like on the feet, Duran win doesn't show me anything that worries me. Like we were talking about, he just got struck by outstruck by Gerald Mirashart, comes at Jamaya would have none of that. Um, but a real problem for win is that Arroyo is just so much taller. He has a nine inch height advantage. Uh, he's going to have a hell of a time getting inside just to try to hurt him. Uh, you know, and then the other thing that I talk about is, I think we had to break him down before for another one and that fight got canceled. You can go on YouTube and find a highlight reel of Arroyo with just his kicks. This dude throws some nasty kicks. And against a guy who's nine inches shorter than him, that's not a lot of work to kick somebody in the head, especially if they're not that good with their striking. But with that being said, if Wynn gets in on him and grabs like, you know, a single, double, whatever, can pull him down to the ground, this could become a win fight. But I, I still do like Arroyo in this fight at 8,900. I think there's a good chance for a finish with Wynn's limitation standing up. So 8,900, I think he could actually be a good play. But then again, Wynn at 73 could also pull out a win with a decision. Yeah, and this one, I, I Wynn is just, you know, I, I don't like him. I, Bob don't like him. We just don't like him over here at the MMA for Money show. He just, you know, but other than he wrestles good, which I love wrestling, Cool, dude. Go wrestle. Same fucking the wrestling. This is mixed martial arts. Uh, he's going to be severely uh, outreach. He's going to be out. He's going to have a reach detriment to him. But Anthony Arroyo's, like you said, going to be much longer. He's going to be able to kick him at range and hopefully keep the distance. The thing that I worry about, though, is that once you give yourself up, uh, once you kick yourself or you, you start kicking, you open yourself up for takedowns. And someone with really good wrestling can really make you vulnerable to the takedown once you just open, you give it a leg. So I'm worried about that a little bit. But I just think that the Royals gonna be bigger, stronger, longer. Um, should be able to win this fight. I, I don't think that Win deserves to be here in the UFC. I think you should go over to Bellator or PFL or somewhere else and just have some fun. Mike Gill, I'm realizing that. You don't know why we don't like Darren Wynn. It's all clicking. It's all good. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's like it clicked, so I'll I'll let you know. There's 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 always a reason why there's a fighter that we uh, I don't want to say don't like, but have something against that I hate. Yeah, well, yeah, you you have strong hate. I hope they die. I hope their children get. You're a man of extreme. I'm joking. Just joking. Just breathe. It's okay. Did you see Mike just rubbing his face when you started talking? He did this movie. He's like. Oh, dude, he, he yeah. won. My, my he heart rate got You got to clear out any of the liquid. It's fine. The heart rate so, got a lower as I spoke. <laughs> so what happened was we bet Darren Wynn. And we bet him at plus 115 against Darren Stewart. Lord, forgive me. The fight that we're like, oh, dude, he's going to like, so Darren Stewart has wrestling. And he's not going to have his superior wrestling as Darren Wynn. He's going to be able to toss him around. This is going to be, he's going to skate. It's going to be easy. He lost a split decision because big man, well, can't call him big man. Big little man. I mean, it's, it, he's, a, he's a weird combination. Didn't have the gas to push through for three. Mm-hmm. And we just saw him as a quitter there on out. We didn't bet him against Gerald Mercer or anything like that because the signs were there then. Actually, I think we made money on Gerald Mercer, if I remember. I think we bet him in, in round three, actually, because that's just the GM3 special. I believe but, so. <laughs> but just he that's part of the reason. He is someone that has the skill, but it's even it's it's actually worse than the Eamon Zahabi thing because Wynn actually has some of like the necessary skill to be an elite fighter. He just chooses not to put his best foot forward i don't know like I mean, too many twinkies i don't know but like diet can't quite get to the appropriate diet. Like, dude he is the height of most welterweights 
Mm-hmm. And he fought at 205. This one's a catch weight of 195. And on yeah. top of the uh, leg kicks you're talking about from Arroyo, I also can see some like really heavy body kicks going on in this fight. I mean, I know you worry a little bit about the takedown, but we both know Darren Wynn doesn't have the gas for three rounds to take down for three. Wrestling is tiring. Yeah. And Darren Wynn, he just gets, oh, I get so tired. It, oh, you asked me to make a case. I was trying to do it. You no, know? you made you made a very valid point. And if he fights the way he even remotely should, that's all true. But we we know that sometimes, like I don't know if his last name is a curse, and he just can't quite realize that like you actually have to do stuff to win. You don't just get to do it because it's in your name. Oh, I thought you were saying he doesn't have the wind to do it. But you know, whatever. That would work. But e- either works. Either works. I actually like that one. I wish I would have gone with that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for a fighter without a gas tank. It is like, because it's one of the few things you control. Like, you might not have fight-ending punching power. That's true. You might not, like, no matter how much you try, you're not going to be as slick as, like, Dobronx is on the ground. I mean, you can drill, but whatever. you could have a gas tank if you can put in the work. And apparently Darren Winch doesn't know how to put in that work. So, no credit for him whatsoever. Um, it's not a bet on the on the podcast right now, but I'm likely going to uh, play Antonio Arroyo, especially if it gets any lower. Um, I really like him here. Uh, I want to play him straight, so that's why I'm kind of like eyeballing it to see if it stays here, if it gets a little bit lower, but keep an eye on the Twitter for that. Uh, next up, and I'm sorry, Mikey Gills, I've been trying to check since you were curious about the DraftKings numbers for this fight. Uh, I haven't found anything about it being canceled, so if it's yes. not on there anymore, I don't know, but uh, Carl Roberson, minus 260 versus Dolce, Lungambulu, I'm gonna bula. I'm gonna count that as a win. Plus two twenty. Sorry, sorry for that. Before we were talking about before. Apparently, the DraftKings, like it showed that he was off on DraftKings. I've been trying yeah, to find he, any Robert, information. I don't got anything yet. So if if between when this show is recorded and you are listening to said show, this fight is not there. I'm sorry, but we're gonna break it down anyway because that's what we're doing. Real Mike, Carl Roberson minus two sixty versus Dolce Lungambula. I think that one was closer. Plus two twenty. Yeah, I like Roberson in this spot. I think that he's just uh, he's got more experience now, that he's got he's just stronger, that he has just a little bit more to offer in mixed martial arts. I'm not going to personally bet or have anything to do with uh, this fight. I don't like the number on Roberson because Dolce isn't, isn't like some slouch or someone just to look over as if he has no ch- uh, chance of winning. Because he certainly can, I just, but I just, I wouldn't ever bet him as a dog. I don't like him. Um, I think that Roberson's going to win this fight, and he should win this fight. Uh, well, just as we just talked about, he's not available on DraftKings. So, but his price was ninety three hundred. Uh, Carl Roberson. Um, so, just getting right into him. Uh, stylistically, just you know, solid stand up. One thing I don't like about him when I watch him is that he can be taken down. You know, going to his opponent Dolce, who's going off for uh, sixty nine hundred on DraftKings, giving up five inches in height. So, another kind of win situation where shorter guy can get in on you maybe get those takedowns a little easier and when you watch him on the ground you know he he does land some good ground and pound when he's down there but on the feet is what i wanted to talk about because that's where i think roberson who was my pick is going to win because you watch dolce fight he does kind of get drawn into these wild exchanges kind of like a fighter we were talking about earlier and i think that's where he is going to lose this fight and i think roberson can crack him um so just I'll, i'll keep it short and short on that one so it's just the better striker situation for me, Roberson. I just for ninety three hundred dollars, considering all the prices we have, I'm I'm hoping he doesn't have to get on the card because if he wins, it's probably going to be by a knockout or some sort. So anyway, I'm talking too much. Carl Roberson's my pick. 
Uh, for me, I, I do think Dolce has a chance to put Robertson out because uh, there will be some exchanges on the feet. Dolce's got a decent amount of power on him, but Roberson's Achilles heel is like someone with uh, good takedowns and really strong top control, especially if they can throw strikes because they usually soften them up and they can find their way to a sub or something like that. It's not necessarily uh, Dolce's game, but um, he's willing to throw. And if you have two guys willing to throw, there's always a shot. So uh, I don't like Roberson. Yeah, this is a little, a little bit steep for me. So uh, pick is Roberson, but I would not even put this in a parlay. Um, DraftKings makes sense, but I wouldn't necessarily put it in a parlay because uh, Dolce does have a shot. So I don't know. Moving on. Panny Kianzad plus 135 versus Sajari Eubanks minus 155. Mikey Gills, how are you feeling about this women's 135? Pound. Oh, barn! I've got a barn burner here. Uh, Penny Kian's at uh, 7,400 on DraftKings, going up against Sajari Eubanks, 8,800 on DraftKings. Uh, my my pick is Sajari Eubanks, just right off the bat. I'll try to keep this one short too. Uh, we're going to talk about the Greg Hardy Tibera fight later. For in certain divisions, you look at certain fighters, and I think athleticism alone can take you further than in in certain divisions. And I think that's where Eubanks does have an advantage in this fight. If she can push uh, Kianza up against the cage, maybe kind of control her a little bit, throw throw against the cage and dirty box, and I think that's where she can win this fight. But it, I don't know. Kianza, when you watch her fight, she has really good output, so if she can keep distance, Kianza could win. But I'm not going to play this on DraftKings. I don't recommend it. Neither one of these are huge scorers. If I was going to play one, it would probably be Kianza at 74 just as an underdog, but I, I no interest in DraftKings for me. Yeah, I mean, this is a fight where I, I, I think Sarge, Char, uh, Sarge should win. I think that she is the more dominant wrestler. She's stronger and she has the better attributes. But the problem with her, her gas tank is not trustworthy. I don't know what she's been doing. She's been eating Twinkies or Ding Dongs or what she's been doing over the break. So I, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna get with uh, Sarge. Well, with uh, Penny, I, th- her striking is good. Her output is good, which is is gonna be a little bit superior than uh sarge's but that's only if she's not on her ass i think she'll be on her ass for about two rounds at least so i i just i think that sarge will be the the winner of this fight i think she should win this fight if sarge doesn't win this fight she's got she's a mental fuck up case similar to my brother intentional pause sorry this one was for sure just because it's like i i i don't bet Sajara Eubanks fights. I just don't. She's very hit or miss on if she shows up or not, which is very evident by her record. Uh, I suppose she's she's just etching that much closer to a 500 record, which is for the UFC. We 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 know that that they don't like 500 records. I mean, I would assume that makes sense, but some people get upset when 500 or worse 500 fighters get booted. But this could very well happen next up. Um. <laughs> In general, I like Kanziad, but like I, I think Real Mike said it nice that like Star Eubanks should win, but I don't do well with Eubanks fights, so I almost want to just go Kanziad just because chaos. So sure, I'll go with the dog here. No bet whatsoever. No confidence whatsoever. Moving on. Oh, wait, the next fight that I was really excited about happening and had a really heavy lean on what was going to happen got canceled. But Mohamed versus Diego Lima is not happening, so... That's the first one off, which knocks us down to 15. So by fight time, maybe we'll actually be at a normal 12 fight fight card. Next up, we have Anthony Pettis with his triumphant return to 17 eh, minus 230 uh, versus Alex Morano. 
plus 190. Real Mike, how do you feel about Anthony Pettis at 170? Uh, I I think that Pettis has washed up and that he probably should retire pretty soon. You know, it's sad to say he's great, you know, veteran of the sport, done great things here, but we're, we're this is what have you done for me now lately and not what have you done for me. So I, I think that uh, Murano's got a serious chance to win here. I think that Murano um, is being discredited because he, he's fought a, a couple tough guys and lost. Um, he's been through some bangers. Uh, you know, his last fight was uh, Rice McKee. He, you know, they, those motherfuckers were dishing it out back and forth. And I don't think that Pettis could survive the onslaught that Rice McKee was stood on that round one. Um, I think that it, it, it ah, man, I, I just would never lay this much money on Pettis. So I'm going to go with Murano. I think Murano could win this fight if he pulls his head out of his ass. It is Pettis washed. That's, that's the question going into this fight for me. Uh, you know, Pettis. Better striker, Morono can maybe out-wrestle him. One thing that is not being talked about right now is Anthony Pettis' contract's coming up. So the is he washed question is a big one. Does he think he's washed is kind of the bigger question. Is Anthony Pettis going to have that fire for this fight where he's like, you know what? Uh, so have- one, one second. James Lynch yeah. uh, just heard that the Pettis actually signed a couple fight contract recently. Oh, so he's he? Yeah. So just so you know. Oh. Well, there goes everything I was about to say. You could. <laughs> Sorry, right, so. I was to help you, bro. I was like, fuck, maybe. Hey, let me help my boy out real fast and throw him this curveball. <laughs> no. Anyway, all right. So, uh, uh, all right. Never mind. The Pettis is going to come in fat and lazy. He's already paid. <laughs> that was like Major League. The movie. That was like Major League, the movie, when you, the dude, what's the dude who's praying to the, the dude to hit the ball? Pedro Serrano? Yeah, Pedro Serrano p- prays the little voodoo child to oh, try to Joe, hit the curveball. Joe Boo. Joe Boo. Like you're like pray to Joe Boo to hit the curveball. He I, I threw you a curveball and you missed it, bro. Sorry. Yeah, you know, curveball bats are afraid. Straight ball, I hit very much. Um, yeah, anyway, no, I was gonna pick Pettis to win this fight anyway, but at 9,200 on DraftKings, I'm not gonna bother with that. Again, Morono at 7,000. He could win this fight. He's a very live dog, in my opinion. Seven thousand dollars. There are worse, there are worse uh, underdog plays on this card. So if I was gonna go anybody on this with the people that I think are gonna score points at the higher end. There are people I trust more than Pettis, so Morono over Pettis. Sorry, Mikey. All good. I'm going to aid you in why you don't trust Pettis. And you're, you have very good reason not to trust Pettis, okay? This, this is all true. This is, goes back to early Pettis. I'm talking like the moment when everyone is starting getting obsessed with Anthony Pettis. And I am a fan of Anthony Pettis, and I used to be a bigger fan, but we'll get to that. Anthony Pettis is an absolute sniper. He does not throw in combination ever. But he's a sniper, which means he's a finisher, okay? The older you get, those spots aren't there anymore. The speed is not there anymore. The snipes aren't there anymore to a much lesser degree. A couple things about Anthony Pettis. He has never done good striking backwards. He gets pushed up against the fence easily. I'm talking, this is all at 155. We're up at 170 now, but I'm talking about 155. But it all worked. Because he was a sniper. He would get these ridiculous finishes because he would picture him out and he'd be able to land because he was the faster, fresher fighter. He would land and he would get him, even in fights he was losing against um, uh, Gilbert Melendez. He's like, he was getting beaten that round and then just latches on the sub and then it's done. It's like he, uh, so many times he snatched wins out of the jaws of defeat, but everyone always just remembers the finish. His output has always been dramatically low. Because like I said, he does not throw in combination. His kicks have always been good. 
His boxing, less so. Uh, that's why anybody with a superior boxing game has been able to light him up for the most part over the, the portion of the fight. This is why it kind of has me lean toward Alex Morano because Alex Morano has some really high output, really high output uh, for a welterweight. Um, I think the stat that just went out, I can't remember the, I got shared this Twitter account. I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. They're doing stats, but more relevant stats. He throws out almost six strikes a minute, which is substantially high for welterweight. It's like top seven all time. And that's not Pettis. Pettis is a single shot kind of guy. And I could just really see Alex Morano, Morano, just sorry. The fact that we have a fight card where there's a Moreno and now we have a Morano right back to back to each other <laughs> is killing me. I'm sorry. But um seeing him just throwing multiple shots, driving Pettis back up against the cage, and actually being able to outmuscle him because I'm sorry, man. Pettis wasn't a big lightweight. Pettis was always talking about how he could drop the 45 in a fight, Aldo, for which is odd because Aldo's on the same fight card and never did it. And now he's at welterweight. I'm sorry, he's a tiny welterweight. He's getting beat in every welterweight fight. His only wins at welterweight is when he has fought against another lightweight at welterweight. Do not tell me about Wonderboy Thompson. He was losing every second of that fight until he <laughs> sniped that shot. And that's a possibility. He might snipe that shot. But are you going to pay minus 230 for his possibility to snipe a shot on Alex Morano? I'm not leaning that way. So I'm starting to lean towards the dog here. If you can't tell, uh, it's not a bet for the show. It might be a bet. Uh, that I might pick later. It's not an official bet or anything like that, but I'm just going to go with the picks on Alex Morano just because I know where Pettis has been lacking recently, and I do think that Morano can capitalize on that. Next up, the fight that every single person on this podcast has been waiting for, <laughs> Jillian Robertson at minus 105 versus Talia Santos, minus 115. Mikey Gills, I'm going to give it to you because I just I can see your excitement. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm actually I'm afraid to. Talk Sorry, I couldn't right keep now. a straight face. I almost did. No, I'm, I'm afraid to say anything because I called William Knight Anthony earlier. Then I got corrected on the contract for Pettis. Like I'm going to say something here, and both of you are going to like jump through the screen at me. I can't wait. If it helps, uh, I don't, I don't feel, know a lot about either. Contract thing. Don't feel bad, bro. James Lynch corrected a diehard podcast that I made in the middle of his interview to tell him that too. So. All right, so me and Die Hard are going to team up against you and James Lynch. It's going to be a free-for-all. I can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, starting with Jillian Robertson, 9-4, one knockout, six subs, going for 8,000 on DraftKings. Uh, no secret about Robertson's game plan. She's going to go at her opponent, push her up against the cage, try to get her to the mat. Super aggressive grappler, always hustling for submission. Seven stoppages in nine fights. That's what you want to see out of your girls in DraftKings. Going up against Talia Santos, 16-1. and one. 10 knockouts, two subs, 8,200 on DraftKings. 16 and 1 sounds super impressive, right? Super questionable in reality. Our combined career opponents before pairing on Dana White's contender series were 7 and 10, and only three of those had winning records. So, right off the bat, a little questionable. Then she moves into another fraud in Almeida on, Dan on Dana White's contender series, and then I, I messed that sentence up. And anyway, she immediately loses to Mauro Barella after that, who was awful. Stylistically, though, she does have some decent stand-up. And if she can keep this standing, she's going to give Jillian Robertson a lot of problems. But my pick is Jillian Robertson. I think she's been in there with the better competition. I think she can get inside of those strikes. She can get her up against the cage, drag her to the mat, like I said. And DraftKings, $8,000. I love her. She's going to always hunt for that submission. I think she can get it. Now, you guys tell me where I messed up. <laughs> uh, no, you're good, bro. I think the Robertson's she's the fa the the right side here. I think that her grappling is far superior. Uh, women's MMA 
almost always hits the mat. I, I, I pretty much guarantee it hits the mat at some point. I think that uh, Jillian's got a far superior ground game. And when you, I'm talking about far superior. So if she gets the girls back, it's a wrap. Uh, I think that uh, Robertson has a chance for a submission here and to keep her little, you know, thing going. But I, I, I think that she's the right side here. I don't care. Just, I don't have a heavy lean in this fight. And at like basically a pick em here, I, I I usually default towards the dog play because you a lot of these fights are so close that more often than not, it's similar to what we talk about, about uh, lower level heavyweight fights. If you bet the underdog always, you're going to end up ahead. This is These fights are similar. Once you're in the outer top 10, like let's say you get about like rank seven-ish and beyond, um, bottom halves of the divisions, it's pretty much go with the dog. Uh, this one, obviously, it's so close to being a pick em. I don't think I'll pick Julian Roberts because red hair. Next up, Marcin, Marcin Taibura plus 100 versus everyone's favorite, Greg Hardy at minus 120. Real Mike, how are you feeling about this mid-tier heavyweight fight? Oh, man, I, I, Marcin Tibera, you know, is a, is a better fighter, you know, period. I, I, the only thing that Greg Hardy has on him is athleticism, possibly strength. I don't, it's so weird though. I, you know, like, I, it's like, I could see Greg Hardy hitting, uh, <laughs> I, what the, what the, I forgot his name now, dude. Uh, ter, uh, Tibera. Tibera. I could see Tibera getting hit by Greg Hardy. And getting wobbled pretty badly and, and being on the floor, but he he's got so much more experience. I think that he should be able to keep him at range and it kind of be he's sparred so many rounds and done so many things that it's like if you can't beat Greg Hardy, bro, you you should fucking quit, dude. Like you, you're really bad, dude. Like Greg Hardy, so he was playing football like a week ago in the NFL, dude. Like I I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing if you can't beat him, bro. Like, it's it's disgusting to me. I also think it's jiu-jitsu is far better. Um, it's something you haven't seen. So I think that Tiberia could get him on the ground and submit him even. All right, my turn to correct you, sir. He was most recently in the CFL. Take that. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this uh, kind of like the, uh, the things that we were talking about earlier uh, with uh, the girls' fights. Heavyweight MMA is very dependent on your athleticism athleticism is its own skill in heavyweight mma and hardy has that over tibera in space tibera he did look a little better in his last fight as far as like physically he's moving a little bit better but i i think either both of these guys have a, a path to victory tibera probably has more paths to victory he's very capable on the feet and if he gets hardy down man it's gonna he's it's his fight right there problem is i just when i see tabura's takedowns they don't impress me and i think a, a guy who's been fighting off linemen his whole career is going to be able to shake off a couple of takedowns and hardy he's faster on the feet he's actually not terrible and he's he's evolving he's getting better every time out Man, i have a tough i have a tough one with this one my tabura's at 7700 on DraftKings. again he does have a more paths to victory Greg Hardy's at 85, and if he wins, it's almost certainly going to be a knockout. I, this is a tough fight for me to call. I guess I'm going to lean Tybura just on experience, but, man, it's, it's not a strong lean. I would not be surprised at all if Hardy wins this. Actually, if I had more balls, I would just go ahead and pick Hardy. Don't bet this fight. Yeah, it's not going to be in my DraftKings lineup, I don't think. So, yeah, now Tybura is a pick, I guess. 
what we've always talked about is low-level heavyweight MMA. I talked about this a little bit before. And this one, I think mean, you could still consider a lower-tier heavyweight MMA. This is not top five heavyweight. It's a little bit different per division, but heavyweight, it's like top five or six. You typically go with the dog for a lot of reasons. Because typically the dog is the guy in heavyweight MMA lines who is not as skilled, but maybe has a power advantage and athletic advantage. And just like Mike Gill said, that's like, that's his own category in heavyweight MMA. That's a, it's a very good line. Like it, it very accurately depicts most heavyweight fights. Although we're here on the other side now where Tybura is the underdog versus Greg Hardy at the minus 120. This is why like there's no bet for me on this one because Greg Hardy is someone that has enough paths to victory and enough upside because he's still getting better that I'm like, hey, you know what? I mean, there's some X factors there. He may have gotten a little bit better. Maybe he can throw a little bit more in combination. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, I'll bet him as a dog. I'm not going to bet him as the favorite. I- I'm not. Um, and I'll quick check for you guys. I think last time I checked it, it wasn't worth mentioning. But unless that has changed, maybe him uh, in some type of prop. I mean, I've doing a little bit, been doing a little bit better with prop, but I still try to stay away from them as a rule. Uh, him by TKO is plus 145. And I mean, he's not going to get the sub unless Tybura taps to strikes. So plus 145 might be your path. Uh, him in round one is plus 275. I don't know, that's not as much worth the squeeze as you might say. But so normally you go with the more athletic guys, the guy with that path to a finish. You want to go with the guy with the path to a finish. But also you're doing with Greg Hardy, who does not have three rounds of gas. He has to fight very reserved to be able to have the same output through three rounds. I agree, Tybura is the better fighter but then you're hoping because tybora doesn't if although he has finished fighters he does not have like one shot knockout power so if he's going to win it's likely going to be a decision but then that's three rounds that he has to avoid getting completely taken out by greg hardy which i think is a pretty tough ass like you said the dude he has a good amount of power and everything there i'm just staying away from this fight in general i've been trying to find better uh, odds for you guys because even said we're by decision only plus 205 which for by decision for a heavyweight is not very good numbers there so I, i'll pick greg hardy just because he does have the higher upside he has the more possibility of a finish in my opinion but there is no bet on this one whatsoever for me we're going to move on to a much better fight or at least a more action-packed fight that we might get a little decisive on. i'm not sure where you guys fall on it but uh, marlon marais the one-time WSOF longtime champion versus Rob Font plus 120. Uh, Mikey Gills, Marlon Marais, Rob Font here at 135. All right, if you're listening, do me a favor. Start a stopwatch in three, two, one, go. Okay, by the end of the sentence I'm saying now, that will be about as much time as it's been since Marias was knocked out in his last fight by Sandhagen. 11 That's- seconds. That scares me. <laughs> that scares me. Uh, Marias, 9,000 on DraftKings. Just, he's explosive, more powerful, more diverse attack. He can wrestle if he needs to. If he can jump out to a lead, I think maybe before he starts to slow down, he can cruise to a decision. Or, I mean, he has the ability to put him away, too. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. He's, he's a finisher. Going up against Rob Font, 7,200 on DraftKings. Super crisp hands. Great boxer. Just... My question marks, the recent KO, and the fact that Marias, big guy for the division, with the knockout, you usually get a no training thing put in after that. How's his weight? Is he going to be able to make that cut? I know we talked about last episode that the cuts haven't been scaring us as much lately, but 
this one kind of does a little bit. And especially against a guy like Font, who's not going to slow down. He's got really solid hands, and he can keep you busy the whole fight. My my leans, Marias. I I don't think Font's been tested to the level that he he hasn't been tested to the level that Marias has. And Marias, he's a big step up from Sergio Pettis and Ricky Simone. So my leans, Marias. I like him in this fight, but I will keep the X those X factors in mind when it comes to land. Uh, how much was it? Nine thousand on DraftKings. Uh, but again, the pick is going to be Marias. Yeah, um, in this fight, I, I, Marias, if he didn't just get knocked out, I, it would be a clear just pick for Marias. I think that he's the more well-rounded striker. He's got better kicks. He's got better striking just in general. Um, I don't see him being really taken down and controlled by Font because that's not really Font's game. Um, but Font's actually a pretty big dude for the division. Uh, I think he's actually going to be a little bit bigger than Marias is uh, when they weigh in and after on fight day. But... I think that uh, you know, box the boxing of Font is really crisp and it's nice, but he doesn't. He lacks the leg kicks. I think the, that that uh, supplies to probably get, uh, put out the volume to get a win here. I think this is a spot for Mar- Marlon Marais to get a W. I don't see the Font having the takedown game or the jujitsu to make this the match that it needs to be for him to to be superior. Much like last week, Tony Ferguson didn't have the jujitsu to match or be greater than Charles Oliveira. I don't think he's got the better striking here, and I think that that's where he he loves to be. So I think the Mar- Magic Marlon Marais uh, finally gets the, a win here. Uh, this one's just interesting because obviously I think Marais has, in general, more skill, more finishing ability. Like a lot of check marks uh, go into his ledger there for this for this fight. Um, I do this thing. This is way too soon after he's been finished. That's that's major. That's a major major thing. But. Let's look at Marlon Marais's fights in the, in the UFC, specifically in the UFC. Split decisions haven't been his best friend. He, if it goes decision, it's usually a split. He's in close, close, close fights, and that's because he is amazing early and then fades later. This could be a fight where he has Rob Font dead to rights at the end of the first round and borderline a 10-8, if, if not a 10-8, and then Font chips away at him and wins the next two, um, getting a whether it be a terrible or justified decision. Um, my pick is Morias. I do think he has better ability all around here, not a bet because he has his fluky spots. If I was betting this fight and watching live, like I said, I don't typically do that. But for those of you that do and have access to uh, live bets, after the first round, where Marais is going to look the best he's going to look in the entire fight, you can get Font, who you might have a lean on, at anywhere from plus 200, plus 3, plus 4, plus 5. It depends how close that first round is and how close Marais may get to a finish. So if you like Font there, might as well just wait till then. You're going to get a better number after the first round regardless. So Because Font's going to lose the first round. Hate to break it to you. Font's going to lose the first round. And when he loses the first round, you'll get a better number on him. So if you're willing to do that bet font there but my pick here is marias i guess we'll see how he looks coming back after getting finished like that if he still has anything because he has a lot of wear and tear and a lot of fights but you know what none of this really matters it it really doesn't because the next fight is phenomenal the next fight makes up for anything like this this i would pay for this fight just this fight i would pay 10 to 20 dollars just for this singular fight Michelle Pereira, yes, that crazy dude, minus 120 versus Chaos Williams. 
I don't care if his real first name isn't Chaos. Straight Chaos Williams, plus 100. Real Mike, talk to me about this just utterly ridiculous display of violence, testosterone, and capoeira. Oh, man, well, uh, like like last week, uh, the Tony Ferguson Oliveira fight was pretty much the the fight to look at for me. But this is going to be the fight of the week for me. I, I think that these two guys are going to throw some absolute fireworks. Um, it's going to be some crazy shit from Michelle Pereira. Um, but I think at the end of the day that uh, Chaos Williams is is the real deal. I think that the power behind his hands and the devastation uh, that he holds and also the fact in his mind that he's been doing it in the streets for a long time. It's not just a guy that, uh, you know, coming into the cage uh, now and, and started training. This motherfucker's been knocking dudes out cold on the streets for a long, long time. So I think that uh, Michelle Pereira, his gas tank is, is his biggest detriment. I think that if... Um, he gets into round two even, he'll be gassed. I think that if he gets hit by one chaos right hand, uh, that he'll be down on the ground and looking stupid. Um, and if not, by round three, Michelle Pereira will be so gassed that uh, our boy chaos will have two rounds. So uh, this will be, uh, I'll let Bob get into it on this one. But this, I like this fight a lot. I think chaos Williams is going to roll here and uh, we'll let Bob get into the pick. Well, I, re- <laughs> I had to write it down when you said it. Testosterone and capoeira, like, by the time I die, I hope if someone writes a book about me, that can be the title. That, that's phenomenal. I mean, give me a week. I could write a little novella. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just this, this fight, I, I, a lesser title that I had written down was the Christmas gift to the fans. Um, Pereira just, I'll, I'll try to make this pick simple. One of these guys is going to show up to knock the other one dead and collect a bonus check. The other guy might show up to try to do that, but he's also going to show up to do backflips. So with that in mind, my pick is Chaos Williams. I'll just We're running a little long today, so I'll just skip straight to it. The pick is Chaos Williams. $7,900 on DraftKings. I have my reasons, of course, and but I, I think he's going to be a great DraftKings pick. If I was up to me, I would have switched these prices around. Pereira's going off at $8,300. Uh, Chaos Williams, 11 and one. I just, this guy, he just hits different. He's fast. He's aggressive. And if he even, if, if he connects once on Pereira, he's just going to follow him until he falls down and just stays down. Uh, so Chaos Williams, let's go. 24 and 11. I want you guys to like re- really soak in that record. 24 and 11. That is Michelle Pereira's record at 27 years old. He has fought a lot. He has lost a lot. And dumb wrong, we had him the last time out versus uh, Imadeev because we were like, hey, if he fights remotely smart, he's got this because Imadeev didn't have the power so he can fight more reserved and he can win the fight. And he did. And that's awesome. He is not going to fight reserve when Chaos Williams punches him in the face. There's just no way. Chaos Williams is going to come forward. He's going to come forward. And Pereira is going to accept that. And I don't, I, I'm sorry. I, just, I know people don't always like when we go on the movie deep cuts. And this is going to be, this is going to go either way. Because some people are very pro the movie Never Back Down. And there's some people that are very against <laughs> The movie never backed down. But this is very much like when the crazy Capoeira dude starts doing crazy flips in the air. And then the antagonist of the movie just one shots in midair and he falls flat. That, like, the, this is the closest of that happening in the UFC. 
That could legit happen as long as you superimpose and switch the skin tones. This could be exactly what happened in that movie. Like, I'm not just life is not a movie. I understand that, but K, like I said, yeah, KS Williams' power is ridiculous. <laughs> he comes forward. He has length, and he knows how to use it. Dude knows he's there for damage. And I'm sorry, for, like. I'm sorry. Like, there's just too much going on. I can't. I can't. Can't do it. I just. I just straight can't do it. Michelle Pereira can't not throw ridiculous stuff. That's usually how he gets his finishes because people don't see it coming for the most part. That's why he gets illegal knees and why he gasses out. I'm like, Chaos Williams is going to keep coming forward and he's going to put some serious power on you. So right now. At this very moment, he was a little bit higher before. Sorry, we didn't record then, although you probably wouldn't get it at that price anyway. Right now, KS Williams is plus 100. He is a dog to put out Pereira. He's a dog to put out Pereira when he's going to put out Pereira. Like, this line is so confusing to me. The, the odds, I think, are flipped as well. And it was even, he was even a bigger dog earlier when I looked at this fight and when I had originally circled it to talk about. We are going to bet. Chaos Williams here at the plus 100. I think this is an absolute gift of an amount. This is the biggest no-brainer on the card for me. And it is just, it's going to be just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful chaos. <laughs> Again, I realize that I say chaos a lot, but it's not because of his name. I usually say that all the time. This is just the wonderful serendipity that is UFC that you have someone with his name actually as chaos. And there's a K in there because he KOs you. It's just this, it's it's a mesh. It's beautiful. Next up in the co-main event, we're back here at 135. The longtime featherweight king, Jose Aldo, is here at minus 140 versus Marlon Chito Vera, plus 120. Mikey Gills. Can Scarface do it one more time? <laughs> yeah, Jose Aldo going for 8,600 on DraftKings. Marlon Vera at 7,600. And I guess I'll just skip right to the meat of it again i can't in good conscience go from picking marlon vera to lose to sean o'malley and then four months later picking him to beat jose aldo can't do it can't i just can't it's not something like it's not something i could ever bring myself to do this is a three-round fight aldo is not going to slow down like he does in the five rounders towards the later half of his career it's kind of like uh like great white hype, you know, that scene where the trainer's like, ah, oh, champ's fine. He, he knows how to breathe in there. Like, that's kind of what I see for Aldo right now. Uh, just, I, Aldo's still a dog, whatever way you want to cut it. If, if you pressure that guy into a real fight, he will meet you halfway every single time. A crazy, diverse arsenal, he still has it. And anything he throws is with bad intentions. 34 years old, feels like he should be 44, but he's still not that old. I mean, in fight years, he's 73, but whatever. Uh, Aldo's my pick, 8,600 on DraftKings. I think he could cash out. Vera, 76. I, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it over Aldo unless, unless Aldo shows up old. That happens to fighters, but for me, Aldo's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a rule. You know, the OG versus the new guy. Tachito uh, Vera is the new guy when it comes to the UFC caliber type fighting and, and how long Aldo's been here. Experience level is crazy. The black belt level of Aldo uh, is supersedes uh, Vera's jiu-jitsu, so he's fucked there. I think that the hands and, and kicks of Aldo are better if uh, Aldo implements his fucking leg kicks like he never likes to do as much as he used to. But if he really comes in and he decides to throw those leg kicks like he can... He could really, really damage the thin legs of uh, Marlon Vera. Um, I have, you know, the Hispanics, 
don't necessarily have the thickest lower legs. Uh, I'm, I'm half Hispanic, so I I can say that. I got some chicken legs. I don't want to be kicked in the damn lead leg. Marlon Barrow very much so has that same kind of lead leg. I think that he can be damaged by Aldo quite easily. And then what's he going to do? Roll on the ground after he's been damaged and been beat Aldo and submit him? No, not even fucking going to happen. Uh, Josie Aldo is Josie Aldo. He's been here. He might have lost a few fights versus some savages. But, dude, every single fight that he's lost, he gave me some haymakers from hell that scared the shit out of me, That you know, even versus Max Holloway. So I, I don't think that uh, Marlon Bear is the guy. Like you said, we, he, you know, Sugar Sean O'Malley, that was a close fight for me to call. Th- this is different. I'm going to go with the OG uh, Aldo. You're going to have to show me something uh, for me to pick you, Vera. But uh, I think Aldo, the OG, is going to roll here. Honestly, this one doesn't really matter where I pick it. Uh, not in a mean way. Just I, I, just, this is a fight I see going not only to decision, but likely split decision. Like that's, it's more than likely going to decision, and it's just going to be depending what you score on this one. So normally, I would say if it's going to be that close, go the dog. But I don't know. I through two rounds, I really like Aldo. I'm not saying he like. Because he has more than enough gas tank for three. He really does. Um, and he his boxing has come along such in an amazing way. And I don't like like everyone always talks about the leg kicks, him not doing those anymore. I've heard about him having hip issues. That could be, I I don't know, but his boxing has always been good. Uh throwing combination, lateral movement, like it's all been beautiful. And Cheeto has come such a long, long way from when he was first in the UFC. But mm, I don't know. I want to pick Aldo, but this also just I don't know if this is going to be the sad fight of the night or not. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Dude, I don't want to say it. I don't, it I don't be like, to it's not going to be like last week. Well, I, don't, I know, but it's just, it just seems that this is we're in this weird, huge momentum shift over the last, like, let's say eight months where an entire generation of fighters that we all like because we're in like enough of a like we, we all probably became fans at a, a similar time frame so like all those guys that were on the come up when we started watching that we became huge fans of are all starting to taper off now and i'm not doing well with it <laughs> well go ahead no, I was going to say, think of all the physical advantages that the fighters had last week to create the sad moments. Cyril Gaines, just a physical freak. He belongs like in a lab somewhere. Kevin Holland has, the, again, the Space Jam reach. Uh, Vera doesn't have any of that really over, over Aldo. And I think, I think we were talking about the kicks. I think it, Aldo is a prideful guy. I mean, if he starts getting hit with kicks, I don't think he's going to sit there and take them. I think Aldo's mm-hmm. going to start. He's going to go, oh, you, oh, you want to kick? I think that, that might actually get him back into that. So that 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 would be my take on it anyway. Well, I mean, I'll put it this way: my, my my pick is Aldo. I don't trust this Aldo enough with my money at minus one forty. If he was the dog here, I would play him. Um, but I've just been burned by him in split decisions. Like I bet him against uh, Marlon Marais at dog money, and that split decision bit me. <laughs> like it's, it's, I just see it happening again, man. So I'm staying away. Pick is Aldo. In the main event, this could possibly be another sad moment. Who knows? Stephen Thompson, plus 100 versus uh, Jeff Neal there at minus 120. Real Mike, how are you feeling about uh, the Wonder Man versus Texas Roadhouse? Oh, man. It's like 
Jeff Neal to me is like the tougher dude, like in, in the streets or something like that. But the Stephen Thompson is a world class kickboxer, and and it's just like it's really troubling me to to think about like how how's Jeff gonna? He's got one the first round. He's gonna have a, a big burst and he's gonna do well. Um, he's gonna have to catch Wonderboy Thompson and put him out. I just don't. I just I'm having a hard time seeing it, and I'm I'm also seeing you know Thompson so he moves so well and he's so versatile. Um, you know, it, it's a weird one, man. I don't, I don't really, I don't really like this fight. I, I, I'm gonna say that Thompson has the striking to be able to win this fight, being smart and point fighting, um, just far superior in the striking department, in my opinion. Not the power department, but just overall striking volume and and point fighting. Um, I, I just, it's crazy to me that uh, I just don't see Jeff being the guy, man. But uh, he definitely can knock him out. But I'm gonna go with Wonder Boy. I'm, I want to say something. I want to get. I want to see if you guys are going to talk me out of this because I have a lean, but it's based in something, and maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But the one thing that you see from Wonder Boy in a lot of his fights is like a reluctance to get into a firefight. Like he uses that that karate style that he has, a lot of sniper stuff, and sometimes that's to his detriment, where he just doesn't throw enough and guys come in at him. We talk a lot about Apex Fight Island, things like that, or wherever we are with these fights that were happening right now the smaller cage with a guy like Jeff Neal, the boxing style that he's going to bring to it in that smaller cage, not as much room to run. Does the smaller cage actually help wonder boy conventional wisdom might be that, Oh, he's not going to have enough places to run. But if that forces wonder boy to fight now, all of a sudden you've got an amazing kickboxer, an amazing karate style point fighter guy, a sniper who's just going to be throwing twice as much as he normally would. Like before I make the pick, like, am I crazy? What do you guys think about that? No, it makes it makes sense. You think the bigger uh, you know ring will favor the movement of Wonder Boy in general, but if it makes him get in a firefight and 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 put more volume, but yeah, he's super hesitant, and that the hesitancy comes from he's not a savage. Yeah. Like I said, he ain't the guy that wants to be dropped in an alley and start fucking fools up. He, he's the guy that he, he showed up to class real good. He, he got the belts and he's real good at kicking, and he's got all those little accolades uh, there, similar to Ben Askren. Uh, but I, I just I don't know, man. I, I'm I think yeah. Wonder Boy's got it. Well, yeah, the, no, the, so- the question is, is the point of if it makes him engage, that's true. If the smaller cage is going to and Jeff Neal are forcing him to engage and he actually engages, your uh, your idea here is 100% right. It just depends if it's going to make him throw, because if all it's doing is it may if it's making Jeff Neal easier to cut off the cage and take away space from him, mm-hmm. but he's still not going to throw, then it's a moot point. But if it legit gets him to like actually throw and throw in combination and like throw power shots and stuff like that, I'm 100% with you. It just depends if that switch goes off in Wonderboy or not. Yeah, well, that well, anyway, that. That's my lean. That's my lean in this fight. Mm-hmm. My lean is that Wonder Boy is going to realize that there is no place to run, and he's going to start throwing back at this guy. And I think over the course of five rounds, even if he doesn't put him away, I think he's going to land enough to make those five-round points worth it. And Wonder Boy at 7,800 against Jeff Neal, just, man, this Wonder Boy's been there. He's been in those five-round fights. He's done it. I know he can land. 7,800. I like him in this. I like them win this fight. And at 7,800, I like him as a draft, a DraftKings play. You usually want to have one of those five round fighters in your DraftKings lineup. And I like Wonder Boy for it. So he's my pick and he's going to put, I'm going to put him in our lineup. We don't bet main events. I'm repeating that to myself because (laughs) 
No, I was gonna fire. I was gonna fire on Wonder Boy maybe this weekend, and I was like, nope, we don't do main well, events because that's it. Is this doesn't make sense to me? These odds do not make sense to me. But I'm worried again. I'm doing that thing where I'm thinking of Stephen Thompson at his best, and dude's gonna be 38 in a month and a half versus Jeff Neal, who's about to hit his prime. At 30, finally training full-time, all of these great things, who has finishing ability, I'm not sure if I'm overvaluing the Steven Thompson of old. Whereas to mm. me, in a five-round fight against someone who's never fought five rounds before, Steven Thompson will be able to stay at range and snipe him and frustrate him by staying too far away from his return strikes. But I don't bet main events. And I've been wrong recently with trying to stick with the aged fighter that may or may not still have it. So my pick is Steven Thompson. I am not betting this at all. I am staying away. And honestly, for in terms of the division and then just as a fighter that I like and like watching, I'd be totally cool with Jeff Neal winning. I, I really would. Especially since I don't have any money on it. But I do. I'm very confused by the odds here. Steven Thompson at plus 100. That's just... I, think, I, I don't understand how he's not minus like this to me this is the vincente luque fight like 2.0 i mean neil has a little bit more finishing ability but he's also not as good on the ground as vincente is and he won and thompson won that fight fairly easily exactly that's so, exactly how i feel i'm very so i'm very frustrated but i'm not going to bet on this whatsoever but pick steven thompson there's no bet on it so i'm going to stay away from talking about it otherwise i'm just going to keep going so mikey gills Yes. What is our DraftKings lineup for UFC Vegas 17? All right, I'm excited about this. We're going to start off with the hometown guy, Tafon and Chukwi, $9,400 on DraftKings. Uh, throws hard as hell, throws a bad intentions, and with picket style, it's only a matter of time before Tafon hurts him bad and gets him out of there. I like him for the finish, and I hope it happens early. Next up, Draco Rodriguez, 9,100. He's super aggressive, finished six of his seven career wins, and more importantly, I think he's the only one in this fight that really seems to be taking their career as a fighter seriously. I think he goes out there to prove that he belongs, and he scores big in the process. Next up, Jillian Robertson. I had success with the getting the, the female finish last week. I'm thinking I'm going to get it again this week. $8,000, and again, if she can get this fight to the ground, I think it's her playground. I, I see another submission for her. Next up, Chaos Williams. I'm right in line with you guys. I think these prices should be reversed. Uh, I don't think Pereira sucks at all, but I, 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 he's got a little bit too much PT Barnum in him, and Chaos isn't there for the show. You know, he, he's there to get both halves of his check and a bonus, and for DraftKings especially, Chaos is absolutely the type of guy you want in your lineup when he wins. Uh, we just talked about him, Stephen Thompson, $7,800. Typically with DraftKings, like – like we said, you want to have one of the, the five rounders on your card. Uh, Wonderboy isn't always in the business of the highest scoring. And I, I, I know, again, like we just talked about, some people are going to see the smaller cage as a disadvantage. I just, in this particular fight, I see it the opposite way. It's the, the, what we just talked about where I think it might force him to be busier. So if that happens, Stephen Wonderboy at $7,800, I like him a lot. Last up. I get to make the pick again. Cody Durden, $7,500. He's actually cheaper this week than he was two weeks ago. Last week, or two weeks ago, he was $7,700. So Cody Durden, I'll take him at $7,500. Uh, out of all the, all of the underdogs on the card, I like him the best. 
I think physically, he's he's a, a physically stronger guy, much better on the feet. He's going to dictate where this fight goes. And even if it does hit the ground, I think he can stay out of trouble and stay busy in the process. So, again, just starting uh, from top to bottom, in Chukwe at 9,400, Draco Rodriguez at 91, Jillian Roberts at 8,000, Chaos Williams at 79, Stephen Thompson's at 78, and Cody Durden at 75. This lineup leaves you $300 uh, to play with. So if you wanted to get somebody out of there on the uh, at the top end and put put in somebody else you like, or at the turn, like let's say you don't like, uh, who are we just talking about? If you didn't like Chaos Williams, you wanted to put Pereira in there, you can afford him. But I like this lineup a lot, and I'm excited. Can't wait. Listen right now. For everyone watching live or listening after the fact, listen right now. This is normally the outro. This is still the outro. The outro is going to be a little bit different because we have some information to pass along to you guys. Yes, yes, yes. This weekend, December 19th, is the last UFC card until January 16th. That's nearly a month. Now, because of that, listen, listen, listen. We will not be back next week. We are taking the week of Christmas off, but part of that is because we'll be back the following week, the week of New Year's Eve, of New Year's Day, to have our very own end-of-the-year award show. We are figuring out all of the logistics to get this down to make it as great as possible, whether it be new categories, the old standard categories, all that kind of stuff. We're figuring out. We're doing We're doing some workshopping here. I might even get classy. I might even get a haircut and get a beard trim. Who knows? Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll adjust to the nines. I haven't decided we haven't even talked about it yet, but all of those things can possibly happen. Obviously, DM any one of us or the show with any ideas you may have. Maybe we'll have a Q&A section. I don't know. We're just throwing stuff in the air. See what lands. But don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed. Otherwise, you're going to miss that show. It's going to be, it's going to be a straight good show. Maybe, probably more movie references. I could only assume. Remember, subscribe to us on your on YouTube. Uh, for both full-length shows, smaller tidbits, which I've been writing down. We'll get those out to you guys later on this week. Like, comment, and share on your platform of choice. Spread the word, man. You got, you have, you. have, We all know you have more than one social media. Like, everyone has more than one social media. Spread it out and share the love. And with that, let's roll. <laughs>